Episode 7 of Shark Bites, a Throwdown Thursday production. I am your host, Patsy the Angry Nerd, and this week uh, we are going to be continuing our discussion about Star Wars with uh, The Mandalorian yet again. But this time, instead of just giving you predictions and uh, speculation and prognostication, what we're going to do is we're going to review the first two episodes, and then we're going to kind of give you some more predictions and prognostications of what we think is going to happen next but uh, I am not alone. Yet again, I have multiple guests this week. First first off, joining me all the way from right next to me is my co-host on Throwdown Thursday. She is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of wine, and the queen of the monsters. Ladies and gentlemen, making her Shark Bites debut, Ashes Von Nightmare. Shark Bites, ooh-ah-ah. Ah. That's, that's what we're doing, right? Sort of. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Uh, also joining us from uh, halfway across the country, our good buddy, Jeremy McFarlane. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. And joining us from the Deep South, sipping on some sweet tea, it's Evil Corny. Shark bites, ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's fancy. Ooh la la. <laughs> and joining us from across town... Our very, our very own good friend. He's uh, munching on fish dicks. He is Nick Ferrar. Oh, hey! <laughs> Apparently, he's running a dust buster in the background too. <laughs> I got a lot of dust that needs busting. Who are you gonna call? So we've all seen both episodes of The Mandalorian. I'm assuming multiple times. Is that is that accurate to say, guys? Uh, not for me, no. No, I got about three watches in on both episodes. I got about two watches on both episodes. J Mac, did you? Uh, you've seen them both, I assume. Maybe just yeah, once. I just watched them once, both. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Because you, you have a uh, unlike the rest of us, you have a youngin, and uh, I got another. I got two podcasts going too, so it's a little difficult. Yes, and you and you're working on uh, a Star Wars uh, series yourself, and we will uh, definitely get your information yes. from folks at the end of the... That's why I asked you on for the, the earlier episode, because you wouldn't be Star Warsed out. So we'll... Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we will talk about that a little later before we let you go, yeah. because I definitely want folks to check out your show as well. And I've also been promoting the, uh, the Force Insensitive podcast with our, all of our good friends, Johnny Wolfenstein, Dynamo Mars, uh, Rocky... And uh, I don't know the other the other young man, Al Alberto. I don't I don't know him personally, but uh, I'm sure he's cool if he's on that show with those guys. So and check their their show out because they're very knowledgeable as well. And so hopefully, uh, although I did I did hear from Rocky. He said he listened to last week's show and he was yelling through his radio about some of our inconsistencies on Mandalorian lore. But uh, I have. I have said that Rocky knows Rocky's forgotten more about Star Wars than most of us will ever know. Agreed. So, and I have said that Rocky can go fuck itself. Right. <laughs> Rocky, that was uh, corny. Who's probably yeah, he like knows. he knows. Men, men him have an ongoing thing. Um, we tell each other this every couple hours, all right, every day of the week. 
So, well, I just, yeah, it's ongoing. As long as you're consistent with it, that's all that matters. Every couple hours. Wow, that's yeah. Dedication. Two in the morning attack. Oh, text right. Go fuck myself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Getting a prostate exam. Oh, well played. <laughs> so this week we have to talk about the first two episodes. So I'm going to start with uh, Nick. Nick, do you have a favorite character thus far? I'm really loving Nick Nolte's character. Everything about him from the beginning. I forget his name. Um, what, uh, what was it again? Uh, you know, off the top of your head? Larry. Hold on. Yeah, I'm... Something like that. yeah, something like that. I don't know. Just the way that he talks and everything like that is very humorous to me. So I, I, I fell in love with that character from like his first like appearance on screen. The thing I like most about that character is that they just like they just have Nick Nolte playing himself, no prosthetics, nothing. He's just there on screen. Like that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just the best. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like, he's a little inconsistent. Like the first thing he says is like, "I will not help you. I have spoken." Here's how I'm going to help you. His name is Kuil, K U I I L. I always have a hard time with like multiple vowels in a row trying to figure out how to say that. Quill, Quill, Quill. Let's call him Quill. I think that's how they sound. They pronounce it, Quill. Okay, sounds good to me. Uh, I don't want anyone to say your answer, Asha. So I'm just gonna ask you next. Who is your favorite character? The little green baby babushka. I love him so much. Oh my god. We're gonna talk about him. We're gonna talk about him. Everybody's got different. You're uh, gonna have to brace yourselves because there's gonna be a lot of well. squeeing yeah, I felt involved. like that answer was too easy. Uh, yeah, but that's... Yeah. <laughs> but so that's... I wanted to go something a little different. Yes. Uh, Corny, how about you? Do you have a favorite character thus far? So far, it's been IG-88. Um, I think it's IG-88. IG-11. Mm-hmm. Um, for all the time he lasted in the series, you know. I do think we're going to see him again. May he, may he rest in peace. <laughs> I think we're going to see him again because I think he's just, uh, you know, just a series of droids and he's going to get upgraded and come back better than than before. Uh, J Mac, how about you, bud? Well, it's gotta be um, it's gotta be Carl Weathers, man. Carl Ooh. Weathers is all about grief. Carga is that his name? I, I didn't yeah. catch anybody's name this ent- entire first two uh, shows, so I'm not sure. But Carl Weathers is the shit. Yeah, it's, his name is Grief Carga, and again, <laughs> I've seen I've seen this three times each. So yeah, I, I've 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 made notes and and such. Um, J Mac, he wasn't playing. Action Jackson in this film. Oh, I wanted. He doesn't look any different from Action Jackson, though. He looks yeah, insane. I know. He's amazing. He's amazing. What? Don't crack. Well, <laughs> just so you know, later on he's going to get killed by uh, by uh, Dolph Lundgren's character. Oh man! <laughs> it's just going to be an exhibition, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Living in America. <laughs> For me, I think my favorite character has been um, Werner Herzog. Like he's very mysterious. He's uh, you just like saying Werner Herzog. Bounty Werner hunting Herzog. is a complicated profession. <laughs> no, no. Have you, have you guys have you guys ever seen Werner Herzog's uh, Nosferatu? No, no. You should. It's awesome. <laughs> I know he's like, and it's funny because Nick is the youngest of all of us by far, and. He was like, man, that guy sounds really familiar. I'm like, he played Shrimply Pibbles on Rick and Morty. He's like, that's where I know him yeah. from. Because <laughs> he does have a very distinct voice. 
Uh, after I watched it again, I I realized that his his voice sounded very fam- um what what's his face from um uh Inglorious Bastards um oh Christoph Waltz yeah 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 that's where I, that I was recognizing that like the the same type of like uh accent a little bit he's definitely more raspy and I think that lends well like his voice is definitely something that lends well to the overall menace of that character because he's got that that thing that like Anthony Hopkins has, like even though he's old, like there's definitely that air of like, this dude is dangerous. Like he walks right up to the Mandalorian in the first episode when, you know, he's looking for the, uh, the bounty and all the, the dipshit doctor walks in and almost, you know, starts a firefight and he walks up between like these five guys that are ready to kill each other. And he just kind of stands there and like diffuses the whole thing by. He also said you are very expensive. It's pretty good. It's pretty. I I, I would. Just, I, I feel like he's more like Brian Cox from Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was playing. You know, uh, talking about Anthony Hopkins, he's playing Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. But like Brian Cox seems to be so nonchalant about it when uh, Anthony Hopkins is more. It's more um, that character is put on on a, on a pedestal that's way crazy high where brian cox plays it at a very low level but that's what makes it creepier yeah and i i feel like warner herzog is definitely on that level warner herzog is an amazing documentarian awesome filmmaker but like he is definitely a person that loves to delve into the dark side of life and um in culture so it's it's amazing they brought him in to do this because he's the perfect person to be on that side of um you know the light, light and dark. He's perfect for it. Now, before we start getting into the, the, the recap, did you guys hear or see the article about how he referred to uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau as cowards for uh, one of their decisions that they made? Absolutely not. I've not heard. Yeah, no. I did not see that. So no. um, what they've been doing is because they've, uh, they've been using a practical puppet for pretty much everything. Everything is a practical effects with maybe like a little bit of CGI when necessary. You know, like making the Trandoshan explode. That's CGI. They didn't, they didn't really kill that guy. But um, they, there's a scene, I'm guessing, in the next episode where uh, the Mandalorian brings little, uh, little baby to... The little babushka <clears throat> brings him to uh, Werner Herzog to collect his bounty, and they w- they would film each scene twice: once with the practical puppet, and once with what they called a clean plate, so that they could put the uh, industrial lights and magic special effects in. And Herzog was like, "Just use the first one. Like, don't be a coward. Believe in yourself." Agreed. Yeah, uh, I, I, ILM created Star Wars, so I mean, hey, ILM is, is is the bloodline of Star Wars, so they should definitely have the first take. Yeah, but I mean, I would I would prefer I prefer the practical puppets, uh, even so with the uh, the the fucking fish monsters there, the blurgs, like those are practical. Like it's great the way they do all this stuff. I'm I'm loving it because it really gets you back to you know 1977 Star Wars, like the the. You know, especially seeing the Kowakian monkey lizard roasting on the spit, you know, and then you see the <laughs> other one sitting there. It's it's these nice little touches. Oh yeah. Of... Uh, we, we all, I would say, we all consider practical puppets way more than CGI. I would hope. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what I, I think. For sure. So 
we uh, when we first watch this episode, we're first introduced to him. We see his hand holding a tracking beacon of some sort. We don't know what. And he's walking across to uh, this barren wasteland with snow everywhere to a, uh, you know, some sort of building. We don't know what it is. And he goes in, turns out it's a bar. There's these guys harassing this blue dude and talking about cutting him up and taking his glands because he'll smell really nice because he's young. And the guy's trying to talk his way out of it. Clearly, it's not happening because all three of them are speaking different languages. And uh, Mandalorian walks into the bar and the gust of wind from opening the, the door knocks down the guy's drink and he starts yelling at him. And he's yelling in Huttese. And one of my... Uh, theories about this is that the huts were behind this or they're involved somehow and the fact that he's speaking their language kind of leads me even though we haven't seen anything yet it le- kind of leads me down that path and we see the mandalorian make quick work of all these guys that are trying to you know hassle him like you spilled my drink you owe me money and you know he takes advantage of their lack of preparation and just beats the shit out of him cuts one guy in half uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, ends up taking the bounty and the great the line the first line we hear him speak is I could take you in warm or cold and puts his hand on his blaster which is such a menacing opening. Now when you guys saw that open that that first opening scene, what were your initial impressions on not just the character but kind of like the tone of uh, the way the series was go- gonna go? Uh, J Mac, I'll start with you. Oh, I, I just thought I, I was uh, I was excited to see um, John Beasley. John Beasley's the bartender. Yep. And John John Beasley was a coach in uh, Rudy. So I was like I was jazzed. That was that was my big that was my big jazz part for me. Um, and I wasn't really. Um, I mean, I liked it. Uh, this first part was cool. Um, uh, Horatio Sands, who's the blue guy, who is the bounty. Um, it was a little, a little bit much. Got a little bit grating, but um, yeah, I was just, um, I thought it looked nice, but um, I wasn't fully invested. I mean, you know, it's uh, the first part of the episode, so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't like totally crazy for it. But I did like, I did like it. It was very, it got me intrigued for sure. How about you, Corny? I thought it was a neat bar fight. I actually uh, really liked how they did the effects on the Kern um, character. Mm-hmm. Um. Majority of the time, it just seemed like a rubber mess, you know, like in the original Star Wars. Yes. Um, but I thought that that was a nice touch on that. Yeah, especially given the complexity of his face. Yeah. yeah I think uh, the first time you see one of them, it might be in Jabba's Palace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, you know, you can just tell it was a rubber mask and it, you know, tentacles don't really move at all. How about you there, Nick? <clears throat> that whole opening scene I thought was really, really cool. Uh, it got me excited. It gave the feel of like a like a space western type movie or show i should say and uh i just like the feel of it it felt right off the bat like it wasn't going to be like the other you know nonsense that's been coming out that's been star wars it felt like a, a brand new uh take on everything and I, it got me really excited ash how about you i was just really happy to be watching star wars <laughs> um but no actually i really liked the return of carbonite and the use oh, yeah. of carbonite i was like wow i wasn't expecting that uh, and then when you see his kind of like catalog of, of bounties that he's fulfilling, just, there. just, just chilling out, just hanging literally. there. Uh, yeah, literally just, just chilling. Um, I loved it. I, I, I thought I was like, okay, this is kind of a really cool way to kick off the series. And it made me really excited to see where they're going to take it. Yeah. See, for me, this opening scene and then, you know, the, the interaction that he had with it now, 
when you're trying to kind of introduce new things into Star Wars, there's um, there is some difficulty because sometimes they can be very poorly received. Like the introduction to ships needing fuel for the first time fucking ever. You know, like there are times when they're like, oh, you know, we just need to do this or do that. You know, there's maintenance and repair that needs to be done to ships. But to really be like, oh, well, we're running out of fuel. We can't get to hyperspace. You know, like, it's like, really? Like, you know, that was dumb. But uh, for Favreau and Filoni to introduce space toilets and talk about the different ways uh, different species have of relieving themselves... That was actually done really well. Yeah. Um, and that's, the best, that's the best part of this episode. Yeah, that was serious shit. <laughs> the whole, like, thorax and molting, that was the best part of this whole episode. Well, and they got, you know, again, Hor- Horatio <laughs> Sands is a funny guy. I wanted to see him pee so bad, and it never happened, so whatever. Oh, we will um, be talking about that uh, that toilet again. Got to see that pee, man. <laughs> Um, one of the things I did like about that whole scene where he's like, yeah, I just, I'll just run to the bathroom. I'm like, I'm not going to go anywhere. Um, uh, but leading up to that, we see, uh, a personality quirk of the Mandalorian where he's paying, uh, to get passage from where he is to the shipyards where his ship is. And, you know, you see a nice brand new speeder show up and it's being piloted by a droid. And he's like, nope, no droids. So the first thing you're thinking of is like, okay, why doesn't he like droids? What's going on? Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he want to trust a droid? That's, that's droidist. Yes, it is droidist. So he's trying to figure out what you know. That's that's a little layer of intrigue that you know we get a little bit of a glimpse of later on, but not. It's not overt, and the fact that fucking Brian Posehn, Nick, I know you loved this. Brian Posehn shows up as the. Uh, the guy driving like the beat up old speeder, which I initially thought might be Luke's, but this is on another. Com- this is a complete other planet. I don't even know what planet it is. I don't know if they mention it or not. But I was like, oh, that would have been a nice throwback. But it's fallen apart. Like we literally see pieces fall off of it as they're driving across the ice. And you know, he's like, oh, watch out for the monster. And then he gets fucking eaten by this giant monster. Which yeah, is so, it's funny that you say that because like I was so excited. I remember texting you about it when he when he gets on there, and I was like, "Oh my god, Brian Posehn!" And then like ten minutes later, not even. And I was just like, "Oh wait, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> he was, won't be in episode two. But did I was you... uh, tripping out um, watching how like the um, the speeder had like black smoke like leaking from everywhere. Yeah, you know it's <laughs> no, it was a piece of junk, certified piece of pos. The thing that I liked uh, about that scene is how calm and relaxed the Mandalorian was while this thing's trying to eat his... It's like a walrus snake. It's like, I think, the best way to describe it. And it's like trying to drag his ship down. And he's just like, quit being a dick and stop eating my ship. And like just zaps him a couple times and eh, it's all good. And he goes. And that's when we see uh, Horatio Sands' character like zipping around, like trying to... Trying to uh, figure out if there's a way for him to get off the ship, and he makes the uh, the reference to Life Day, which I liked. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. That was so great. I guess I won't be spending that at home with my family. He's like, probably not. And then sticks him in his portable <laughs> carbonite thing. Like, when did that happen? Like, as far as that, you needed like this massive room. Like with all this equipment, like you needed this huge space in order to do it. Now it's, it's like you know going from a a, a giant industrial kitchen to a microwave, and like all of a sudden, like you can do that. 
So I thought that was really awesome, the fact that he's got a, a portable fucking uh, carbonite, carbonite factory. Freezer. Yeah, like right next to his toilet. Like, don't confuse those two. Uh, it froze my balls again today. <laughs> so then we see him returning all these, you know, all these bounties for his, his money. And, like, things are clearly lean because nobody wants to pay the guild. And we get this is when he got our first reference to the Empire. Because uh, if you're unfamiliar, uh, this show takes place five years after Return of the Jedi, so after the destruction of the de- second Death Star. Or, if you want to put it in Star Wars terms, 9 ABY, after the Battle of Yavin, which takes place uh, in... Ooh, yeah, very, very specific, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> so apparently that's how they keep track of time now. It's 9 ABY, so... Did not know that. It's the yes. first time I've realized that. All right, I've, I've caught that on a few uh, YouTube channels that I've been following and stuff. They've been using the same terminology. Do you know what they, do you know what they call the time before that? That would be BBY before the Battle of Yavin, <laughs> which would encompass quite a bit of history. I would imagine. I'm not even making that up. Like that's exactly. I am crying though. I'm crying. Oh, no. Um. And now uh, we see that there is one bounty that Grief Karga can offer him, but and here's where I find one of the uh, another inconsistency where because uh, I found three in the first episode, although one of them you don't see till the second episode. Uh, the subtitles say when you see the Jawas running around, they're speaking Jawaese, but in the second they said, "Oh, you speak Jawa, you know your Jawa is terrible." So it's like, is it? Jawa or Jawanese. So that's one. And we already mentioned the Nick Nolte thing about being an inconsistency. But here's the third one. When he's talking to Grief Karga, because what you get is a a puck that uh, projects a small... Uh, it's almost like a wanted poster, for lack of a better term. Sure. But it but it's, you know, technology so you hologram. have hologram. Yeah, you have a little hologram so, because it's advanced technology, even though it takes place in the far, far past. Um, <laughs> a long time ago, but somehow in the future. So they have these little bounty pucks, and then they have tracking beacons. Then they have uh, the chain code, and the chain code is you know all the information you would need—a se- series of uh, numbers—and then once you know the numbers. You can determine, you know, race, sex, you know, all that stuff, age. And so he's like, yeah, there's no chain code, but here's the chit. And this basically it's like a map like this will tell you where to go. So he goes to where he needs to go. And that's where he meets Renner Herzog. And Renner Herzog says, you know, I don't have a puck for you. I don't have a description for you. All I can tell you is the last four of the chain code. And it's like, well, he was told at the beginning because he asked, he's like, what's the chain code? It's like, Grief Cargo already told you there wasn't one. Why would you ask for it? And then he's like, oh, yeah, there's four. We have four digits. So the asset is 50 years old. So now you're trying to think, okay, who's 50? Because I, mean, I assume I'm not the only one who started thinking, okay, who's, who's about 50 years old at this point? I assume you guys did as well. Of course. I did not, no. Because you know who, uh, who would be 50 at this time because he was born uh, 41 BBY is a little gentleman uh, known as Anakin Skywalker. Mm. So I'm just throwing that out there because it's going to come up later on. 
And so he has no idea. So he goes to this planet. He's following his tracker. And he runs into uh, Nick Nolte. And he's like, I will not help you. I have spoken. Because he's an Ugnaught. And Ugnaughts are a little... Uh, if you remember in uh, Empire Strikes Back when uh, C-3PO gets destroyed and, and Chewie's trying to get all the parts back. and these are oh, like yeah, the little, sure. Yeah. These are the little dudes throwing the head back and forth playing hot potato while Chewie's yeah. getting pissed off. Oh, man. Same, is it the same species? Yeah, those yeah. are Ugnaughts. Yeah. Yeah. They just look a little different. Like it might be a, a slight deviation of that species. You know, like not all humans look the same. So we have... I thought they, they went in more Planet of the Apes route. Um, with that character, I mean, with Nick Nolte's voice, obviously, but he looked very classic Planet of the Apes. But yeah, I could I could see that. But like again, it's just Nick Nolte, no no prosthetics, nothing. That's just how Nick Nolte looks. <laughs> Tiny body. <laughs> uh, they superimposed his face like they did in Captain America. They just superimposed his face onto a smaller body. <laughs> oh, that is awful. That's brutal. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Nick Nolte, if you're listening to this, it's all in good fun. I loved you in 48 Hours. 40 Hours is great, Nick Nolte. So I'm yeah. sure he's listening. Yeah, I love how you just assume that Nick Nolte would be listening to your podcast. Nick, what are you doing? I'm just listening to every podcast in America to see if someone mentions me. <laughs> I don't think that's very funny, Mom. Uh, Patsy, I've spoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I officially want to start like ending every statement that I say in that way. I have spoken. And then slap someone and walk away. <laughs> that would be even better. I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he lands and you know, he's very hospitable to the Mandalorian, but he's he's concerned because so many people have come to his planet and come through his territory and trying to find this bounty. But the whole reason that he meets Nick Nolte's characters, he gets attacked by these blurgs, and they do this this great thing where he's kind of looking through the sight on his rifle. He detaches it and uses it as like a telescope to kind of see what's going. He's like, "Ooh, what's this weird fish monster?" And he like takes the uh, takes the thing away from his face, and all of a sudden, like there's one right on top of him, and it wrecks him. Yeah, it it just it wrecks him. It just kicks the shit out of him, (laughs) and he manages to uh, to stun one of them. And uh, it's clamped onto his arm, and like here comes another one getting ready to destroy him. And he's like, "Ah!" Oh. Then Nick Nolte's like, "Don't worry, kid, I'll save the day." And Nick Nolte <laughs> saves the day. That's a, that's a pretty good Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I wonder. I wondered why this guy was getting paid uh, the money he was getting paid because he seemed pretty not great as a bounty hunter at this point. I was like, wow, this guy can't even take on a few creatures. I was like, okay, whatever. He he has been... See, I, I, I would say this to that. I would say that if you're used to fighting bipedal humanoid type of creatures, fighting fish monsters and stuff that aren't <laughs> intimidated by... um, <clears throat> Like, if you held up a gun at the Horatio Sands character... He was pretty much quelled by that. Like, he didn't put up a fight. Fish monsters don't know what a gun is, and they're just like, you're pissing me off, and I'm going to destroy you. And they'll just keep going until they're dead or you are. Sure, but it's it's just like a regular... It's like like if a cop ran into, like, a bear or something. Right, I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, I don't care how good of an MMA fighter you are. You're not going to fight a bear. Yeah. That's but that's the thing I, I was confused about because word spreads around, obviously around the galaxy. This guy is supposed to be the best. He's the most expensive. 
but what, what what's the word? What's the word that's getting spread around? Well, like who's who's he's just taking out like like these guys who are scared of him, or is he taking out everything? Well, who's so who's going to be telling? Who's going to say anything about the fish monsters? It's Nick Nolte who's not going to leave his planet, or him. He's not even like, man, these fish monsters whoop my ass. Oh, there's, there's, there's tons of creatures and species across the universe. That's why I thought he was the best paid. So I was confused. Well, he's so. he's he's very highly paid. They didn't say he was the. Well, he does. Uh, Grief Karga calls him the best, but he does. Yes. Uh, the other guy, you know, maybe he is. Maybe the other guys are like really bad. You don't know. We haven't seen anybody yet. Well, we have, and he kind of dispatches everyone he comes across fairly easily. He also walks around the city like he's blind. Well, it's it's tough to tell with that helmet. <laughs> I need you to really emote with your facial expressions. He's probably like sticking his tongue out like fucking dark helmet in space balls. <laughs> yeah, he walks around and he's not sure of anything when he walks around. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they uh he ends up taming the fish monster and uh Nick Nolte sorta sorta shames him like uh, legacy shames him. Oh, your 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 ancestors used to ride a mythosaur. You can't ride this fucking fish monster. What are you, some kind of clown? Like, it's like yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Does anybody have a, a dissenting opinion on that? I do no. not. No, I, okay. I I was um I just watched it. It was like okay. There you go. And he's like, yeah, he, you're right. He learns pretty quickly. He's like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. He he's like, let me put my hand on your fish face. Yeah, your fish face. Let me, let me deep my hands to your gills. I'm there. I can do it. Oh. Wait a minute. Nick, is that what you're eating right now? <laughs> Blurg sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, during mating, all the males get eaten, so Nick must have just mated yes, with exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> That's why he's in such a good mood. Hot, hot <laughs> fish monster sex. <laughs> uh, he's a gay fish monster. <laughs> so we then see them going across the desert, and despite Quill saying that he's not going to help, he's helping him quite a bit. He's like giving him the lay of the land, telling him what's going on. He's like, oh, yeah, lots of bounty hunters come through here. That's exactly where you need to go. I will not. I will take you this far and no further. And it's like, thanks. I'm right on the doorstep, so I guess I can take it from here. He's like, I will take my fish monster back to my hut. And we will have stew. And so they, I don't know. I don't. Know, does he drink stew? He eats some sort of weird paste or something. I don't know what he eats. <laughs> we shall order pad thai. They're doing shots. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we will do shots of spiked blue milk. Oh, yes. Yes. So they, so he goes and he's like kind of scoping out the area. There's a shit ton of bounty hunters or, or guards protecting this asset. And all of a sudden, fucking IG-11 just strolls in. It's like, and he's very literal. It's like, yeah, I'm part of the guild. And Article 16 says that once I establish that I am part of the guild, you have to hand over the asset. Like, those are the rules, so do it. And they're all like, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself, and they start shooting yeah. at him. And he's awesome, by the way. He's fucking cool. So, Corny, I can see why you like it. Like, he's just, like, zipping his eyes around. He's got, like, what looks to be multiple optical sensors that he can look yeah. in all different directions and turn 
uh, because his head is very articulated. So he can turn the top of his head one way and like the bo- middle of his head another way, kind of like a Rubik's cube. And like his body is the same way. Like he's spinning his arms around, shooting in all different directions. It's super cool. And then he sees the Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian fucking gets shot. He's like, I'm in the guild. Oh, sorry. But as you can see, I'm already here, so the bounty's mine. And the Mandalorian's like, yeah, but unless I'm wrong, you are empty-handed at the moment. He's like, hmm, that is true. (laughs) So they decide to team up. Have you guys ever seen a racer with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Many, many years ago. Yeah, yeah. There's a a part in that movie where they throw a pipe bomb in, and that cylinder looks like this guy's head. Okay. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I was like, like oh, shit, it's that pipe bomb but from Eraser. It's his head now. He's talking. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, he uh, he does. He uh, he has an interesting uh, backstory that we don't get to see. But I know he's he's voiced by Taika Waititi, and I'm sure we're going to see him again because he keeps like, oh, well, we're all, we're outnumbered. Well, time to initiate self-destruct. He does that about four times. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. No, we'll shoot our way out. <laughs> Cover me. It's like, and then uh, the guy shows up. With, it's like, we're going to shoot our way out. And they step behind the pillar they're hiding behind. There's this guy with this Gatling laser. And he's like, uh, hide. <laughs> and see, what I loved about this, too, was when I was watching it, right? And you see him walking up as he's looking over the cliff. And I'm just expecting him to just get, like, taken out by all the mercenaries that are there. And, like, waiting to see what the Mandalorian does. And then, because he like he looks like he's just like a like a junker droid, like he's just gonna get taken out so easily. And then he just starts laying into everybody and taking everybody out all by himself. I had to like rewind it the first time I watched it because I just didn't expect it, and it was so badass. He's very spindly; like he looks like a stiff breeze would knock him down. He looks like a um, uh, a Chuck E. Cheese robot. Yeah, like before they put the before they put the bodies on him, he's like the, yeah, exactly. the animatronics underneath. Yeah, exactly. He's so stilted when he moves. You can see the shaking when he hits a certain point, and he shoots somebody. It like it's a very uh, Chuck E. Cheese sort of. Um, or when I grew up, I had a celebration station here in Texas. But like, yeah, it was the same sort of thing. But like, the robots are so stilted; they move fluidly to a point, then they shake. And then they moved to another point. That's how I felt like he was. Uh, that's how he moved. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's very I, realistic. I was just really happy to see that type of droid in action because only other IG robot you see in the series is um, 88. And, you know, he's what he's at the bounty hunter meeting on the um, executor or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't do or say do anything. anything. Yeah. He kind of turns his head a little bit, but. Yeah. So then we we go into the, they they finally get into the building like all the bounty hunters are dead and I got a very strong I don't know if you guys did as well but sticking with it the hurts. western vibe I got a very strong magnificent seven vibe <laughs> uh, you know the two guys against overwhelming odds <clears throat> so oh. oh yeah I guess you have a good point there so uh, they go in and yeah. there's instead of, getting, instead of getting drunk they yeah they live That's yeah. Good. Yeah, I was thinking Wild Bunch myself. But, oh yeah, that's a oh, that's yeah, a good that, one too. Oh shoot, yeah, corny. You got it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's very much Wild Bunch. The, the minigun at the end with the Mexicans, and yeah, I got it. I got you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you know, very strong. You know, uh, overwhelming Western odds. So then uh, they get in, and there's you know one more guard, and they kill him. And then the Mandalorian's like, "Anybody else? Anybody else here? Want to come out? And get shot? 
they find this little orb. I was like, what is that, a fucking egg? Like, is there something in there? Like, is it going to hatch? Like, what's going on? I'd or, say it's also, Butch, it's also Butch Cassidy and the Sunday kid as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Patsy. No, no, it's okay. Uh, when you guys saw the egg and, the, like, the life forms inside, what did you think you were going to see? Uh, we'll start with Corny. Honestly, um, the first time, I really didn't know what to expect at all. But the second time, I was kind of wondering if those guards actually knew what they had. Because if you look at it, it's just sitting on top of um, it's sitting right. up on top of these other crates and um, covered up. Yeah, yeah, I, I I get the same feeling when I was watching it. It's like, do these guys know, like they're probably just because they're all Trandoshans and they're all like just being like you guys have to guard this. It's really expensive, like stereo equipment. Like it's my yeah, Blu-ray but I didn't collection. know it was like an incubator or you know actually a crib. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, J Mac, how about you, bud? Uh, Golden Child, all the way. That's fair. I mean, that's not wrong. I mean, I if you think gold, about it, I, felt, I was like, "This is gonna be Golden Child," and when he popped up, I was like, "Golden Child, this is Golden Child." I'm um, down. I'm down. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Nick, how about you? So I really didn't have any kind of guess. Um, and as the scene was going on, I was the first time I was watching it. I had like my phone in my hand, and I was kind of like scrolling and just like looking at something and then when it actually opened up i had to like pause it and sit up rewind it a little bit and be like what the hell did i just see it Mm -hmm. was fantastic and i can't remember being that excited about anything star wars in a very long time ashes how about you what did you think i honestly i i didn't i well you weren't even really i was watching it you were like doing bills and stuff yeah, well, that, that's the first time, remember, like, we've both watched this multiple, both episodes multiple times at this point. Um, the Taking second one, business. <laughs> yeah, I would say the second one a lot more than the first at this point. Um, I I didn't really know what to expect. I was just kind of, th- this entire episode, I really didn't have any preconceived notions. I was just kind of along for the ride, very interested in, you know, what they were going to give us the story that they're going to give us. And I, I, I wasn't expecting anything. However, I was very pleased with what I saw. So for me, when I first saw this, I'm like, okay, this is the thing that he's been tracking down. I'm like, this motherfucker just spent all this time fighting all these guys. And all he's going to find is like, like a hand or an arm or something like with a tracking chip in it. And that's what the sensor's seeing. Because there's no way that there's in. I'm like, either that or it's probably a baby Yoda species. Uh, no, I, yeah. I had no <laughs> fucking idea. Like when I saw that, like um, I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the hell is in there? And then when they pan and they show the 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 shot from behind and you see the head and the ears, I was lit- I was watching it at work and I shoved my chair away from my desk and my jaw fell on the ground uh, right after it bounced off my raging nerd on because this was like nick said i was i was blown away like i haven't seen anything like that in star wars in a long time that it was just like holy shit like the closest i can think of is reading the now non-canon death troopers book and the guy's like trying to escape and like he runs into this monster and it turns out it's fucking chewbacca and han solo i was like that's really cool. Or, you know, spoilers for uh, Knights of the Old Republic. When you find out that the the character you've been playing as, like you've had amnesia, but you're like a Jedi and like everyone's kind of been weird around you. You find out that you're fucking the Sith Lord Revan. You're just like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> like, this beat both of those. Like, to see... The, the reason behind this is in Star Wars canon, because, again, the games, except for the newer games, like the older games, like Knights of the Old Republic and, and Jedi Power Battles and all that, non-canon. All of the books, non-canon. So going into this, there are two of Yoda's species. Obviously Yoda and the other Jedi member, a Jedi Council member, Yaddle. Yaddle, yes. The female version. And you really don't see or hear much about her at all. And even what we know about Yoda, we know nothing about his home planet, what his species is called. And and even if you take into account what's now called legends, you know, all the uh, the old stuff like the Thrawn trilogy and, you know, the Mandalorian armor series, all that stuff. There's nothing about Yoda's species at all. And we're talking 42 years now of Star Wars uh, mythology and lore being built up. Like, everything. Like, if you look at the, the fucking floating toy Darian guy that they buy Anakin Skywalker from in A Phantom Menace. Like, there's a whole backstory and planets and shit about him. Darth Maul has his own planet and his own, you know, species story. Like, and Yoda is like a main fucking protagonist throughout the entire series. And we know nothing about where he's from or what he's called. Like, it's it's so difficult to... To uh, like wrap your head around this, and even I, with, what were you I say? like I like that though. I like the. I do series. too. I, I don't need to know everything about every character, and I don't need a character to have every planet. I just I like the mysteriousness of it all. Well, and that's the thing is, every planet and every every species has this long, detailed history and explanation of who they are and where they come from and how they fit into the universe as a whole. With Yoda species, you know nothing, and it's so odd. Which is why, to me, this was such a huge, huge moment. Because, like I was saying, even with the expanded universe, there's like a couple more of these uh, these species. But the one thing that they have in common is that they are all incredibly powerful with the light side of the Force, and they all live an exceedingly long time. That's the only thing we know about them. That's enough, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's like that's and based on that, we're looking at this creature. This little, t- I call him, uh, <clears throat> uh, we, we, we talked about this, because he's like Yoda, but little, so he's Yiddle, and uh, uh, it's either Yiddle or Yodel, uh, but I don't know what his singing voice is like. Now, Nick, you had a different a different uh, name for Yaddle? him. Yaddle? Yaddle? Yeah, I've, uh, I've dubbed him uh, Yodo. Yodo, which sounds too much like YOLO for me, so it's out. Hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And actually, if it, if it, if he was, I just said to myself, "The cute awake." Yeah. What corny? I just said, "The cute awakens." Merchandising, merchandising. I don't My really have a name. Big as yours. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't really have a name for it. I just go every time I see it. So, so. <laughs> Oh no, she does. She really does every single time. I mean, like that's a, that was my reaction the first time I saw it. I was like, oh my god, what is that? That's so cute. Patrick, <laughs> yes. Name this episode that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's truly amazing. Just, just like an ast- just like two asterisks and in between yeah, high pitched yeah, squeal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Actually, it's called a squee. Thank you very much. I was I was gonna call this a yittle bit. <laughs> yittle <laughs> bit. <laughs> so now, you know, gash is like, but like, like four paragraphs long. Like this, a squeal. Like it's amazing. That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's the episode description right there. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know people are gonna be that see that and be like, oh, they're talking about the the little but, baby. Everybody just calls him <laughs> Baby Yoda, which I don't like. However. Now we want to we want to delve into uh, before we get into the second episode. I want to talk a little bit about um, the mythology and the timeline here. So this creature. Hey Patsy, really quick. Um, yes. I just I wanted to throw one thing out about Please the end do. of the episode too. Um, so when the Mandalorian is given the the to go out and find him the quest or whatever, um, they tell him that they want him alive, but he, he can be dead if. Bounty hunting is a complicated right. profession. <laughs> yeah. oh um, I'm just the droid being comes out right out, and he's just like, "Oh, we got to kill it. It needs to be terminated." So, to me, it sounds like in this story that there's going to be a bunch of different bounty hunters from maybe different people who are, are all going after the same target, looking for different results. Um, but I don't know if you guys caught onto that or not. Oh no, I did, and I think there, I think everyone wants him dead except for Pershing, who we're going to get into in a couple of minutes, but. Um, I just want to. We will delve into that a little bit more. All right, cool. Because <laughs> that's pretty much how the second episode opens. Uh, but I, I just kind of want to talk about like the very end of that first episode for just a moment. He reaches out to the ET reach. Shut up. Well, that's what it is. I mean, yeah, but but it's 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 not like that's yeah. Anyways, um, but he reaches out to the baby. And the bebe reaches out to him. They don't make contact, but still, like, that's kind of, I, I feel like, uh, maybe a little bit um, uncharacteristic for a Mandalorian. Well, we didn't hear the dialogue. He was probably pointing at him going, you're weird. You are one ugly motherfucker. No. <laughs> no, no. You know what he did? He pointed at it and went, <laughs> Do it. So Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, That'll, that's going to be the uh, the subtitle on the episode. <laughs> um, but but no, I it's very un- uncharacteristic for a Mandalorian to, to I feel to do that because it's almost like even with the helmet on, he's kind of showing a bit of emotion in that scene. And where uh, in the middle of the episode we see a little bit of his backstory, we know that he was a foundling. You know, so, I mean, it kind of sets up that maybe there's going to be this emotional bond that he has with the little green babushka. He has a uh, soft spot for cripples, bastards, and broken things. <laughs> that, that's, that's, my, that's my least favorite part about this episode is that, like, I didn't want a backstory, a cliche backstory like that for the Mandalorian. I wanted well, the Mandalorian don't... to come in and be the straightforward Clint Eastwood man Basically, a, a the man with no name, and Mandalorian really, with no name. Sure, yeah, Mandalorian <laughs> with no name. Um, uh, sort sort of like Pell Ryder because this thing reminds me a lot of Pell Ryder. Pell Ryder, my favorite Clint Eastwood movie. Um, uh, but it it, it kind of gets there, but it's not totally there. Where a guy comes in and kind of helps out of town and helps rebuild the town and stuff like that. That that might happen, uh, but um, I don't know exactly for sure. But like. I just didn't want him to have such a cliche back background. And when I saw him in these flashbacks, I was like, man, 
damn, like this is such a bummer to me because like this is so just easy. It's it's so comfortable and it's it's an easy uh, script to write for this character. And I just didn't want this for this character. I wanted him to be more of a deeper character. And since he's got such a thin background, like, oh, man, bummer. I'm well, I, th- I think we're going to learn more about him. But I think that's part of the reason why he has such an affinity for this creature. This is a lost, lonely creature, individual, uh, all by himself. So, um, like I said, I think we're going to learn more about that. <clears throat> I hope so. I hope but, so. um so I want to get into the the timeline just a little bit. So this again takes place uh, fifty years. Uh, this 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 child is fifty years old, and like we established earlier, another fifty year old is Anakin Skywalker, or he would have been had he uh, continued to you know be alive. And what do we what do we know? What do we what do we know about Anakin Skywalker? What is his whole claim? What does everyone refer to him as? The chosen one. He's emo. Yeah, he's very emo. <laughs> he's very happy that my chemical romance is getting back together. Have you heard well, he's loving it. Have you heard <laughs> his his song about how he hates sand? Um so what do we know about the force? And we are actually told and again I hate to have to refer to anything Ryan Johnson has done with this franchise, but he says, darkness falls and light rises to meet it, right? That's what he said. He told uh, Ray when Ray and and, uh, Kylo were kind of chilling out there. If Darth Plagueis the Wise is the one who it's pretty much, you know, uh, out there, it's understood that he is the one who influenced the midichlorians and use them to create life that was Anakin Skywalker, and he is, you know, darkness. What if the light that is persona that that rises to meet that darkness is this child? Just throwing it out there. I think it's an interesting theory. I heard it on uh, Super Carlin Brothers, and uh, I think it's very valid. Uh, he's uh, he he kind of put all of that together. Personally, I think he's a clone, but we're going to talk about that later. Um, I don't. I don't trust anything Ryan Johnson has to say. Honestly, no, no. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Ryan Johnson didn't say it. It was uh, somebody Ryan else Johnson's on YouTube. A joke. Sorry. Yeah. He's a joke. So we see the beginning of the next episode, and now it's just, it's just uh, the Mandalorian and the baby. Now, what we didn't mention is the reward that this uh, this child was going to bring. Uh, what? he was given was a small piece of Beskar, which is also known as Mandalorian iron, which is what the Mandalorians would use for their armor. And this is uh, resilient enough to shrug off blaster fire. And it can even be used to counteract lightsabers. Not as good as Cortosis, which is the best thing to uh, absorb uh, lightsabers. It is still the best armor you can get. I liken it to, for those who uh, follow uh, Game of Thrones, it's like Valyrian steel. It's very rare. It's incredibly potent uh, when you use it in battle. So he gets a small little piece, and that ends up being uh, a shoulder plate. And as they... uh <clears throat> for a shoulder plate. Yeah, it's... Which you should take it from differently, in my opinion, sorry. That's fair. 
lightsaber battle, his shoulder. Eh, well, his shoulder he, lot, who's got lightsabers now? Nobody's got lightsabers. After Order 66, nobody's got light. It's Luke, you know, and he's Pos- too busy. <laughs> it's possible. Roll the dice. Who knows? Yeah, no, well, I got you. It's just depending on what series. Like Rebels, it was lightsabers and Rebels, because Kanan and um, Ezra had lightsabers. Right, but at this point... Uh- he doesn't even under when he sees the force in action. He's not sure what it is or what's going oh. on with it. He's familiar with blasters and he knows that someone's shooting at because we see in the in that episode he gets shot in the shoulder by IG eighty eight and it bounces IG-11. off his uh, his armor there, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the second time he's shot there. So lucky shot. Yes. So we see him uh, and the the baby, which his. Uh, his little hover hover stroller is kind of linked through the uh, Wi-Fi, the planetary Wi-Fi, yeah. on uh, <laughs> via Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. it's uh, I, I, it, I, I thought this episode would have been so much better if he had to carry the ball the entire time. And, it would have been a better episode if he had to carry that ball, the the, the, the cradle, or wear it on his back. No, just carry it like up front <laughs> from his chest. I think it would have been a better episode, honestly. Like him having to carry it and put it down to take care of things. Baby keeps getting out. Alexa, close yeah. the close the hyper stroller. Yeah, like Willow. Like, like, like Willow like or something like that. With like Mad Mardigan or something like that. Like it was so it would be so much interesting if he had to actually physically carry this thing, but all of a sudden he's got the Bluetooth strong, strong Bluetooth. Oh yeah, like that's and, way past thirty three feet. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're going past Verizon. We're going past Sprint. We're we're at this point in the galaxy where we He's have got like Xfinity. Yeah, yeah, true. We have fiber. We have fiber connectivity <laughs> straight into this thing, and it's killing it. He's killing it. But like, like, and he's able to move it around with his with his like left hand. Yeah, because it's it slave to yeah. his gauntlet. That's why. Exactly. Imagine if like he went to scratch his ass and flipped the baby out. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, youngling. <laughs> so he's he's got this. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, comparisons to Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, the old samurai series, where the, the ass- whole series. yeah, where the this the um, the assassin, the former assassin, now has to fight for his life across all these different adventures, and he's going town to town, similar to some of these spaghetti westerns. Uh, and he wears his son in a basket, his infant son in a basket on his back while he's doing battle. So he's not only got to, you know, have his fights, but he's also got to ensure that his his son is okay at the same time. So it's added uh, added difficulty. And we see that a lot with the Mandalorian. Right in this opening scene, we see these little, like little lizards that come out, and they're trying to save him fifteen percent on his hyperspace insurance. Yeah, but he decides against it, and. Uh, he's jumped by three Trandoshans, and he makes short work of them, disintegrating one, which is fucking awesome, by the way, that we finally get to see these disintegrations. Um, oh, disintegrations are very good, yes. And but I'd also say heavily, we'll watch Lone Wolf and Cub. It's an amazing series. Yes. Yeah. They yeah, even parody it on Bob's deep. Burgers. It's very, it's very deep. It's very emotional. And, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I thought about it. For a few minutes while watching the first episode, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like Lone Wolf and Cub, you know. Mm-hmm. I've seen it before. I have the whole Criterion collection. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, There's a little, it's a little bit of difference there. But I, listen, I'm only two episodes in, so it could get deeper. I but think like, it's the same thing with his son. 
the son is he has no no Jedi powers. The son is just a child. Right. So so and and also the the, the father, um, the way he becomes this sort of Ronin, he's a Ronin at mm-hmm. this point, um, is very dark and very disturbing. So you know, I, I, I love that there. You, 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 I love that you made that point. It's awesome, and we might get to that point. This, I just feel like this. This just, I love that John Favreau was like. I, I'm hoping at least John Favreau watched Lone Wolf and Cub and was like, "Dude, Lone Wolf and Cub, put it in here." I because think if he did, if he did. <laughs> I fucking love John Favreau. It's entirely possible. I think it's just so far that, you know, the fact that it's this skilled warrior who now has to look after a child and it's not something that, you know, you would normally think you would see, you know, from that type of character. Well, sure that, but like also the main character of Loom of a Cub has has sort of uh, dedicated his life to this sanctum. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is, this is going against what this sanctum was. He betrays it. Now, I, we don't know what the Mandalorian stands for at this point. We have no idea. Even the second episode, I have no idea what he stands for. Yes, um, the, the the baby Yoda creature is still alive, but in the first ep- the first movie of uh, Young uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, we obviously know what those two characters stand for. Especially the father. So I'm 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 not sure where this is going. Where Low Wolf and Cub, um, it's pretty permanent when it comes down the line. The first the first movie. Yeah. So. Well, we we see that you know <clears throat> we don't again like you said we don't know what we're going to see. We do know that he is very much interested in getting his full bounty because if he brings this thing in alive, then. He gets more Beskar than he would if he brings it in dead or with proof of death. So exactly. he is able to um, fend off the three Trandoshans, and like I said, he disintegrates one who is charging at the infant, ready to kill it. So after he disintegrates the guy, he sees that he's got a tracking fob, which means He's obviously, as we saw in the first episode with IG-11, IG he is not the only one coming after this, this child. So he finally gets back to his ship, and what do we see? Fucking Jawas have stripped his, go- has stripped his goddamn ship all the way down. And so he is ripshit, starts shooting him, disintegrating him. Now, I was not expecting this. And this turned into, like, again, because we keep using the Western uh, analogy, this was like the train heist scene. Yeah. So I I also love that we. this is the first time in any Star Wars movie we've seen physical bullets being loaded into a rifle and being shot, which I loved seeing that scene. I I also. Uh, Having to reload. Having to reload and shoot. I love that scene. It's awesome. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna start going around and asking your impression of this whole sequence of him coming across, seeing the, you know, the uh, the carnage that the the uh, Jawas have caused and like ruining his ship, and then his reaction to it and subsequent chase scene. So, Jeremy, why don't you go first and you know expand upon what you were just saying? Well, I I love that he comes up. I I, I first off, I love that. He is the best um, and the wall best paid, and, and 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 
feels that he can land this ship at any place on this planet and obviously get carjacked and essentially like <laughs> like like short like 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 short uh, um, short circuit two, he gets carjacked immediately and um, he he comes up upon them and gets upset. The first time we get this, we can see him truly upset. He's just he pulled out a rifle, starts shooting at them. We get to see him actually like load and unload bullets, which I thought was awesome. I've never seen that in a Star Wars movie. This is probably the most excited I've ever seen uh, a Star Wars thing. This this scene in specifically because like I've never seen anyone load or unload something in a gun. It was so cool to me to see this and to see how upset this guy was. And how off the trail he was. Like, it, 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 it instead of being um, cool and collected, he's not. He's got to run after this track and run after these Jawas, get in, get in the sand crawler, climb up, and and he's so ups- he's so pissed, and uh, he didn't think about anything. He just he just, he's so blinded by everything um, that he fails at the end. And I love. I love that fail too. The, the whole like get to the top, fail, electrocuted, you know, shocked, fall to the ground. Um, for me, uh, this is probably the best part of this 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 episode. I, well, no, I got one more part, and I will speak about it later. But like this this part is mm-hmm. awesome because it's 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 um it feels tangent, like it feels like it's part of. Star Wars. Um, when I felt like none of really the first part of the, the the first episode, the first episode didn't really feel very Star Wars to me until a certain point. This one really feels Star Wars because um, nothing works out like you think it's going to work out. That and for me, that's what Star Wars is. You I think, agree. You got to figure it out. It doesn't work out at all. It's all the will of the Force, and now that we have a Force sensitive uh, character, uh, we'll see what happens. Corny, what about you? What was your impression? of uh this scene i overall just thought it was a nice um action sequence wasn't really expecting it um i didn't know we were gonna see jaws at all on that planet and i was like i don't know i i honestly was wondering how he's gonna get off the planet you know after all that yeah i was i was interested and I uh, I definitely like the fact that he just like went ape shit and just started shooting every fucking Jawa he could. Uh, Nick, what about you? It, oh, it sorry. Did, it did explain to where um, if other people came, they pretty much tore those ships down. So it wasn't too much of a trace after they went and failed on their missions. Yeah, that's true. That's right. a good point. I didn't even think about that. Nick, what do you got? Yeah, well, like when he first comes over the, uh, the the hill there and he sees them, my first impression just seeing, I was like, oh my God, these motherfuckers, here we go. <laughs> <Right? So laughs> I, I was super excited to see them. And then, uh, you know, I really like how excited Jeremy was talking about that because I felt the same uh, the same way about it. Just seeing, uh, like being really impressed with him being able to show emotion through like his armor and like his costume and everything. Like you could, you could really feel how pissed he was. Um, and I really liked, like, I, I liked the, the, him shooting them and disintegrating them, but the chase scene was more exciting for me. Um, him climbing up there and just, like, pulling them out of the friggin' thing and, like, dropping them to, <laughs> to oh, their death. Like, so I was just like, oh, my God, this dude's just going around. He's killing them all. This is and they're throwing junk at him. Yeah, yeah they're, they're hitting him in the head with shit. They're, <laughs> they're like, like, they're zapping like, him really, as he's uh, swinging. Cartoonish noises when he's, like, they're pinging him with all, like, the junk they're just throwing at him. 
Um, but the thing that I really, really like about the show so far too, is that like, they really do a good job of like making him out to be like, you know, the best in the galaxy right now or whatever, but he's still going and he's taking his shots. He's failing and getting beat up like the entire time. Uh, like, so I, I really like when he gets to the top, there's just, they're all there like point blank. And they're like, what are you going to do? And they just fucking blast him. And he falls <laughs> off. <laughs> he's, he's, he's literally Murtaugh from his weapon. He's like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. Like, like he's got to have that backup. Like, like, like you really love this. You, you, you kind of start feeling for this guy in the second episode because in that first episode, you really know, know nothing about him. I could care less for him in the first episode. But the second episode, when he starts to fail, that's when I start to care about this guy. And this because um, I want to see a dude that can't handle everything. And that's when, make, that's when I believe this character. Um, I don't want a character who's a, such a badass where he can do everything. I want a character who can fail and sort of uh, 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 rise up from all of that shit. And so far, just saying this is only the second episode. I mean, hey, I could be talking out of my ass at this point. But, like, seeing this character rise up and sort of evolve in the second episode within 33 minutes. All right. I'm behind this guy. I'm in. I'm with him. I, I, I'm like Luke in Empire. Like you know, Empire is my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Oh yeah, I'm with I'm I'm with Luke. Luke is a failure, but Luke rises above and becomes this amazing character. And this, I, I would hope that this guy, the Mandalorian, becomes that character. Yeah, you don't want to see somebody who's just you know overpowered and can just you know win everything no matter what. I mean, that's the problem that we exactly. have with Superman or Batman. You know, like sure. how do you create a challenge for somebody like this? So to show him, I mean, honestly, we see this later in the episode, he should be dead. And we saw that in the first episode, he should be dead. If it's not for the intervention of other characters, he's dead. Like, those blurgs should have ripped him apart. Like, he had nothing left. Like, he didn't have his gun, his flamethrower was broken. So he's trapped, and here comes this other monster that he... He didn't even beat the first one. The first one still kind of like I would say that's a draw because he tased the fucker, but it's still clamped down on his arm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. and we see ashes. this ashes. Need to talk about this thing. Let's talk about ashes, man. Yeah. What did you think of the train heist scene? So it's my my opinion's kind of a, a combination of what you guys said. Um, I really like the fact that this guy is not invincible. That we we've seen him take plenty of punches already, and this is only the second episode. We've seen him get shot. We've seen him, you know, get beaten by these these creatures. So I really like the fact that because we know this, they're able to create such suspense you know, with some of these scenes. And so, you know, you're watching the train sequence. I'm sorry, I don't mean train sequence. Well, the, the but train yeah, high sequence. Yeah. That's, that's um, what it is. And and I was legit on the edge of my seat. I had no idea where they were going to go with this. And of course, there was some comedic relief with, with the Jawas being Jawas and doing what Jawas do. And, uh, you know, with the with the noises and the things that they were throwing at him and knocking him off and oh, stuff. Like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was funny. But like at the same time, you know, and, and especially, you know, obviously when he gets to the top and then he's just faced with all of these Jawas and they just blow him off. And you're just like, oh, my God all of that just for him to land right back where he was at the bottom <laughs> but uh but you you 
don't expect him to win, but you also don't expect him to lose. So you're sitting there on the edge of your seat, really invested in this one scene, wanting to make sure, like, is he going to... I mean, you kind of know he's going to survive because the whole series is based around him, but you don't know exactly how he's going to survive and what shape he's going to be when he makes it out. Yeah, it's definitely, like, there's no doubt, like... I wasn't worried like, oh, no, he's on the side and they're moving towards the side. It's it's Last Crusade. Oh, I wonder if he's going to die. Oh, he lived. Oh, what a shock. Oh. I, I will say that there is a great um, uh, uh, Indiana Jones reference in, in this episode. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm talking about when he's, he's yeah. they're trying uh, to crush on the, him. On the side with the cliff. It's yeah. A great, it's a great yeah. great callback. I, I agree. It's a great callback. But again, but like, it's, it's like, oh, I wonder if he's going to die. Oh, he's probably done for. Wait, what's the name of the show? The Mandalorian. Which guy is that? The Mandalorian. Yeah, he's probably oh, fine. Man, the, Eon the Flux that. It's also the name of the episode of, of Indiana Jones. So Indiana Jones, you know Indiana Jones isn't going to die. Right. Well, and Corny, you're wrong because Eon Flux always dies. It's yeah. always reset the next episode. So, I mean, um, with Indiana Jones, though, he never dies. He lives all, all four parts. Sadly, he lives in the fourth part, but he's there. He's still alive. <laughs> but, uh, but he's still there. But like, like that's that's the cool thing about about this movie, that this show. Um, and you know, listen, guys, I wasn't a big fan of the first episode, but the second one, I'm, I was totally down because it kind of restarted my feelings for the '80s. And uh, we all, a lot of us, grew up in the '80s, and um, this thing really brought me back to those action-adventure movies of the 80s. And that's why I love this second episode, because I'm like, okay, shit, I'm back. Let's get back to it. And it's like, it's like, it's like there's not a lot of heavy dialogue. There's not a lot of heavily, heavy story. Um, it's just fun. And there's some dialogue here and there, and it's just enough to keep you intrigued. And yeah. I love that. And that's what this episode is all about. Obviously, after Force Awakens... It's all about keeping you intrigued and put uh, uh, putting out theories. I'm not a fan of theories at all, but like this second episode, I'm like, oh shit, you got me. I'm in. Let's do nice. it. Right? It felt like Star Wars. Like this might sound stupid saying, but like it really felt like I was watching Star Wars, the original trilogy. Yeah, like Star Wars, the way it's supposed to be watched. Well, I, I never felt that at all. I, I, it, it, it's like um, when I watched uh, Terminator: Dark Fate. Terminator. Fuck, Dark Fate, everybody told me that it's, it felt like a, a Terminator movie, and I never felt it at all. Well, this, I don't feel like a Star Wars movie. It feels more like a Star Trek NBC movie, uh, show. But I do have a cup. I do get a couple of feelings here and there of an actual Star Wars ideal. And that's enough for me to get in. I mean, that's why I got fucking Disney Plus. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. So I, I'm there, and I'm intrigued enough, because, you know, all of us Star Wars has been a part of our life since I can remember when I was born into this time, 33 years later, I remember Star Wars. I can't even remember what time I started. So Star Wars <laughs> is my life. It's my life. I have no idea. I don't even remember uh, 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 drinking a, a milk bottle at the time when I was a kid. All I remember is Star Wars and Big Trouble in Little China. That's all I remember. <laughs> so, like, that's all I remember. So like, I, I'm there, man. So like, this is this is very important to me. And this second episode is amazing. It's amazing. It's great. 
Yeah, and it's it just keeps getting better because like this is that's how the the episode starts. So now he's got no way to get off this planet. He's hurt. He's beat up. So what does he have to do? He has to go back to. Uh, Nick, you want to turn your uh, thing off again? Getting echoes. My mic is off. Oh, I don't know what the echoes from then. I'm still gonna blame Nick. Nick's causing echoes. He's repeating everything that I say. So <clears throat> we see uh, we see him go to uh, Quill again, and goes you know, to he... Quill again. <laughs> <laughs> so he's and we we see him. Uh, you know, kind of explain what's going on. He's like, well, I'll help you get your stuff back from the Jawas. You can, you can probably trade something. He's like, I don't want to trade anything. It's my shit. Why do I have to trade for my shit? And he's like, well, you need to settle down first of all. And second of all, we'll, we'll figure something out. So they go and, uh, they go back to the Jawas and, uh, the Jawas are like, well, we, we don't want you, uh, take, you can't come before, before us with all your guns and stuff. So put your guns down. He's like, but I'm a Mandalorian weapons are part of my religion and they're like yeah Jawas are agnostic so they don't care <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he puts his weapons down and uh he <laughs> he goes and he's trying to converse with them he speaks a little jawa but they're giving him shit and they're like they're <laughs> like oh your jawa is terrible oh you sound like a wookie he's like oh do you understand this and shoots flames out <laughs> which was the my egg. favorite the part. Egg. Yeah. Oh, but I loved that. I loved when he like just shoots flames at him. I was like, "Oh, do you understand this?" But that scene was it, so. The... Oh, go ahead. Ash. Oh no, go it's ahead. Go classic, ahead. It's classic eighties, though. It's classic eighties action movie. Like, like, fuck this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about this shit. Fucking put a gun <laughs> to your face. Let's get it going. And it's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Doesn't work like this. You gotta be sympathetic here, man. And then, okay, I'll be sympathetic, and that, that's. That's what I like about the second episode. Is that it, it really brings in that '80s feel in in the lines in in the script, which I like. Yeah, it's because in the '80s there were so many like super macho guys, like oh, I'll solve everything by punching, and like it's like nope. Sometimes you need a deft touch. Ashes, go ahead. No, I was going to say what exactly. were you, what, exactly. Yeah. What were you going to say, Nick? Oh, I was just going to say that that's just another perfect example of him being able to show his emotion, even though you can't see his face or anything like that. And that's what part of the thing that I'm really enjoying about it. Oh, I completely agree. And that's part, I was going to say that this scene was priceless because of, of him. You know, you have this big hulking guy in comparison to, you know, what the Jawas are uh, trying to reach some sort of compromise, some sort of trade with the Jawas to get his own stuff back. Like, I just I just love that scene. I thought it was so well done, and it was hilarious. And, uh, you know, there were flamethrowers, so that's always cool. But, but yeah, it was just the, the kind of the, the contrast between, you know, him and, and the Jawas and trying to reach some sort of, of trade agreement. Especially with how fucking angry he is. He's so mad. Well, I mean, wouldn't you be angry, oh, yeah. too? They start scripting his ship down. I would be pissed. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like my friend like, who swore bitch, to me. you stole my stuff. It's like my friend who swore to me he wasn't doing drugs, and then he sold me my mom's VCR. <laughs> right. right. So, Patsy, Patsy, Ashes. Okay. This this movie, this, this show, his two shows, 
is is definitely in the lineage of Mad Max. Yeah, this is Mad Max. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Like, like straight up Mad Max, The Road Warrior, and also Thunderdome. It's the same thing. Mad Max is always losing things and getting them back and finding a way to get them back by getting himself into the culture to get those things back, but also fixing things while he's there. Yes. So that's the man that's the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian happens to become the Road Warrior. That's uh, you know, pretty good. And the, and the Road Warrior is my favorite character of all time. That's that's like that's my thing. And this is what the Mandalorian is. A guy who comes in not wanting to fix anything, but ends up fixing things on the way. Right. And that that's Mad Max. So then they're t- I have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to figure out like what's going to be the best way to uh to you know how what are we going to trade and they're like well give us your best car and he's like he's like tell them they can go fuck themselves and he's like the mandalorian is disinclined to uh part with his best car armor and then he's like they're like well give us the fucking baby then. And he's like, go fuck yourself. You're not having that either. And they're like, well, we took all the good stuff in your ship. And like, well, there's gotta be something. And they're like the egg. So like they have to get this egg, but I don't know if it's guarded by, or is the egg of this creature. Now it's, it's, it's master. Bla- it's master blaster. <laughs> it's, master blaster. <laughs> it's master blaster, man. Fucking Thunderdome. It's, it's now, what it is. That's what it is. If you don't know the name of this creature, it's very complicated how they came up with it. It has a giant horn, and it is covered with mud, so they call it a mud horn. That's Ooh. Ooh. Could you that? from, from Clone Wars. <laughs> it's from Clone Wars. Yeah. It's it's not quite the same thing from Clone Wars. It's close. The thing from Clone Wars had uh, pretty close. Pretty. Close. It's very close. That was called a reek, and it had like the two bony protrusions, one on each side of its face, that kind of curved towards the front. And it was like scaly. <laughs> we, we, we won't get that deep in our episode. We, we're gonna <laughs> Pat C is gonna get that deep, but we're not gonna get that. Deep. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, the prequel, uh, the prequels uh, are next week. The, we're doing the prequels next week, and we'll talk about yeah. reeks. Um, two months for us. Yeah. <laughs> so. So we uh, we see this this cave, and he goes into the cave. He's like, "All right, I'll go get the egg." Like, how fucking difficult could that be? So he goes into the cave, and am I the only one who was very disappointed that he has to hook a flashlight up to the side of his fucking helmet, and he doesn't have like some sort of night vision built in? No, I, I, I was like, kind I, of thinking the same thing. I liked it quite a bit. It reminded me a lot of. Um, um, that movie with Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas uh, with the Ghost lion. Ghost in the Darkness. Ghost in the Darkness, yeah. Yeah, I remember me a lot of that, which I, which I love that movie. And I, I, when I saw that on screen, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm in. I'm totally in. So yeah, awesome. but they were hunting lions in, like, what, the early 1900s? And this yeah. is this but is this, a guy who just flew through space. But this is no different. <laughs> Literally, dude, this is no different, honestly. Right, but I he mean, should be able sh- to, like, you have... All He's got these... a flamethrower attached to his armor. Yeah, he has a flamethrower in his wrist. But he doesn't have he a headlamp. disintegrate, guys. But he can't <laughs> see in the dark. Dude, yeah, this, this is a long time ago. The technology isn't there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, this, it's, he, didn't seem, he didn't seem any more prepared than the guys in the early 1900s than now. So, in my opinion, it seems like it works out perfectly fine. I get it, but the technology should still be better. Like, 
what, what are we going to see him holding a fucking lantern while he's trying to destroy I the like space that. rhino? I, I <laughs> Jeremy McFarlane, like do you that. have a lantern right now? If you go go out to your car and have to check someone in your car, do you have a, a um, kerosene lantern? Or you oh, go oh, use your oh, cell phone? Cordy, Cordy, you want to see a lantern? You know what I have? I have a fucking shark lantern and a shark a, headlamp. I get a, I get a, a lantern for you in the next room, brother. I'll come up. I'll come up for you, Corny. <laughs> okay, calm down. I got a lantern. You, I have oh, two of them in case the British in case the British invade. I'm gonna find you and crush you, Corny. I'm gonna find you. I know you are. I know where you live. I have I have two lanterns in case the British invade, and I we need to know if it's by land or by sea. So I have two lanterns. How's that? Dude, I'm in Alabama, and I have a flashlight app on my phone. That's all I need. <laughs> I, mean, I have the flashlight app on my phone, but I also I have multiple sources of light. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I have all these different options, and I, I don't fly through space and freeze people. Okay, but he wasn't in the cave. He wasn't in the dark for long. Yeah, because he gets rocketed out. Like, this thing kicks the living shit out of him. He tries everything, like his gun jams, which I think might also be the first time we've ever seen that in Star Wars, where the, the gun just doesn't work. Yeah, the, the, the bullet injected into the rifle does not work because it's jammed in the mud, yep. which I like. It, I think it's a really cool idea. And he gets fucking smoked by this thing. Yeah, Corny, I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to come to your house, and we're going we're gonna to look at light, flashlights together. We're going to find out... <laughs> <laughs> like, don't work the same way. All right. We're gonna, so we're gonna, yeah, he's just he's getting blasted around by this thing. This thing is throwing him everywhere. Like it's again, it'd be like trying to fight a rhino. Like I don't care how tough you are. This thing's charging at you. It it launches him through the air. It's then the it, ugliest fucking unicorn I've ever seen. Then it crushes him <laughs> into the ground. Well, Django Django Fat shot him in the eyeball, and he died quickly. So, I mean, hey, whatever. Yeah, but he used his blaster. This motherfucker's trying to, like, stab him. Like, and I think no, at no, that no. Patsy, point. Patsy, he shot him with a rifle, and he shot him with his blaster, and it didn't work. Well, he, he, did, he didn't shoot him with the rifle because the rifle didn't work because he would have disintegrated him. He was in a cave. Oh, yeah, he was, he was using his blaster. He wasn't using the regular rifle at that point because the and rifle Jingle, is a long-range Jingle. weapon. And Jingo shot Jingo Fat shot him with the right with his blaster. He shot a different animal. This is a mudhorn. That was a reek. They're two totally different creatures, but they both <laughs> they both died very weakly. So we we see him, you know, firing his blaster multiple times. And mud's worse than sand, man. Yeah, you know? that's like <laughs> that's bad. like mud wet is, sand. Yeah. So he's getting sure. launched around, and the thing turns yeah, and charges at mud. the baby, and he uses his. He uses his Wi-Fi to move the baby out of the way. And then it just keeps charging at him. And finally, I think at this point, and you know, you guys let me know what you think, because I think when after he's been battered around, his, his chest plate is destroyed, his armor's all dented, he is mangled. I think he's ready for death because he just pulls his knife out of his boot and kind of puts his head puts both hands out and puts his head down like I'm going to give this my best shot. It's probably going to kill me, but maybe he runs headlong into it and dies. It reminds me of Predator. Oh, like Billy's scene? The healing scene. Yeah. He's heal- he heals himself like the Predator. I was, I'm was i confused by what, what well, you're the, talking about. The, the, the Predator. Heals, he, it heals himself like this guy does. The, the Mandalorian. He doesn't really heal himself. He, uh... he heals a chest plate. 
Well, he was kind of fixing. I, oh, all right, all right. I thought you were talking about like this particular scene because I'm like, wait, what? Well, no. he heals himself with the chest plate, like like sort of like the predator, like pretty close. <clears throat> yeah, he does like similar stuff. He, he, you know, he's fucking around with it. He's got that was earlier in the in the episode though. All right, all right. I'm talking about like this scene where he's getting his ass kicked and he's about to. He's. I, I thought he was resigned to death because he just puts his head down, just kind of holds his knife out while this thing's charging at him. All of a sudden, it stops. Why does it stop? We see this little green three-fingered hand, and that, and uh, you definitely need a bigger knife. He, like, uh, Arkansas, Arkansas Lundy, oh, he didn't though. This is a knife. <laughs> <laughs> he he lifts the little the little dude uses the force to stop the thing in its tracks. And lift him, and you can see how hard he's trying. It's like, look he's at him; doing he's doing his such best. Such a good job. And I called it easily. Oh yeah, well, well, he's a little fucking Yoda. Like you know, he's going to use the force. Like I wrote in my in my notes. Goddamn, of course he's force sensitive. Um, <laughs> so he uh, right underneath fucking Jawas. Uh, so he drops the thing down because he passes out from the effort. And Django kind of, uh, Django, Jesus Christ, the Mandalorian oh, kind of like, kind of like, eh, like jabs at him a little bit with his tiny knife. This thing's got to weigh two tons. You know, it's like 12 feet long, probably uh, 10 feet high, just kind of like sti- sticks it and it just dies. I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Well, he probably yeah. stabbed I, I it. I gotta believe that the, you know, the little baby there did more damage than just lifting it up because it, it, it was really hard for me to believe that that little knife killed him. That That's Same. what's pissing me Same. off. It's like, it's like, oh, uh, oh, he fell down. Oh, he's dead. Like I was kind of wondering if maybe little babushka like did some sort of like strangulation or something as well. Like he had to have done something. Like he did but a lot he did of, such uh, a good job. He did a lot of um, earlier in the day. <laughs> earlier in the uh, in the day, he was like, "Oh, lots of murder! This is <laughs> fun and exciting. Like this, I do." <laughs> but what I what I love. Hold on, no, go ahead. I was gonna say you can uh, if you want to tell because this thing doesn't speak. But if you want to see what his like emotional state is. You look at it like uh, with Yoda. Anytime Yoda was sad, like because he was a puppet most of the time, uh, he expressed his emotion through the way he carried his ears. And with this thing, like we see at the beginning when they're in the canyon, he's kind of like bopping his head back and forth and his ears are up. He's like, yeah, I'm having a good time with my new friend. We're going on adventures. And then like when he's hurt or injured, uh, the Mandalorian, I mean, like his ears come, you know, little little dude's ears come down, or and like he's in, he's concerned when he eats the frog. How fucking happy is he when he eats the frog? All his little ears are all he, perked like, up and they're wiggling, and he's just got a little smile on his and face. He's like dancing a little bit. He's like, frog legs. These are <laughs> fuck you, Kermit. Like <laughs> he's just having a good time. No, but what I was gonna say is going back to Babushka using the Force. Uh, it. it we see in a couple of scenes prior where the Mandalorian was kind of nursing himself after getting, you know, being injured by that that scene. Um, when he's uh, fixing his yeah, when he's fixing his, his armor, his armor like Jeremy was talking about. Uh, we see little Babushka get out of the carriage, the little crib, 
and uh, kind of waddle over to him and put his hand up. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know. It, well, he started it, closing his eyes, too. Yeah, and he started closing his eyes. And you're like, what is he doing? Like, is he going to, does this little thing have the force? And then he, he does that uh, repeatedly. And that's when the Mandalorian's like, no, child, it is time for you to go to bed. Uh, Alexa, close the stroller. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed how we got to see. So it was almost like a uh, a teaser, you know, kind of like, will he, won't he? And then when he did, it was just kind of like, oh, my God, this little bugger has the force. Yeah, it it you you kind of had that and he's idea. got really cute little teeth too i don't know if you saw the the scene i've i've really watched this episode because he's so stinking cute but yeah he's got little toofies and they're the cutest little things ever so he does end up going and and getting the egg and he brings it to the jawas and they immediately slice it open and start like fucking digging in and just like eating the yolk. Which is crazy yolk. because you don't, you're like, why are they so obsessed with this egg? Why do they want this egg? And then when you see them like crack open this egg and and just start sticking their hands in it and just shoving it down their throats, it's like, oh, okay. It's fucking That's snack why time you at the it. sand crawler. The slice on that egg bothered me so much. It was so clean. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like think about the weapons that they've gathered. That was probably a bounty hunter weapon, like yeah, you were me? saying. Yeah. yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Uh, the egg part is my favorite part of this whole episode. It yeah, was like, so good. Egg. I love the yolk eating. That's my favorite part. It's so David Lynchian. Yeah. yeah. Give, give it to me every time. I'll give, give, give me the hairy egg yolk eating. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do it. Let's let's do it. I'm I'm totally in. Let's do it. Blue uh, milk. It's like blue milk. I love the well, blue milk scene in the beard. That's what you chase okay. it with. You chase you chase the let's blue milk with uh with the with egg. Yolk. Yeah. With yolk. Yes. Yes. It's like milk oh, and cookies. Man. It's blue oh, milk and it. eggs. Now, uh, I love it. I promised that we would talk about the toilet again, and when we see the uh, the um, the Mandalorian and Quill going back with the the hover sled full of all the stuff. You clearly see the toilet strapped to the side of the uh, <laughs> the the junk pile. So that was uh, that was one of my favorite parts. So all right, now we've seen two episodes. You know, he puts his ship back together and he flies off, and the baby wakes up because this thing has been passed out for hours and hours and hours because of his uh, exertion in the Force. So, and this has got to be like one of the first times he's ever used it. It's just like an inherent thing to him. So, now that we've seen the first two episodes, uh, Jeremy, I know you're on board. You you said the second episode sucked you in and has given you like a ton of stuff that you really liked. Um, so you're you're on board, right? You're, this is you're going to follow it to the end. Yeah, I, I was worried about the first episode because the first episode brought nothing to me. But that second episode, I was like, I'm fucking in. Like, 33 minutes? It was crazy. 33 minutes got me in? I was like, man, I'm I'm down, dude. I'm totally down. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in. Dude. All the weird stuff, the whole, the whole egg yolk eating scene. If there's more stuff like that in this series, I'm so down for it. I want weird stuff like that. Big time. Hairy, hairy eggs <laughs> with yolk in them. Let's, get it. Let's, let's do it, man. All the Jawas are like, Jawas are like, what do you mean? Fucking eating yoga. It's I think weird. that's a metaphor for testicles. Hairy eggs it. with yolk in them. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, 
Jawas eating testicles? Bring it on. (laughs) Probably a a crate dragon. Let's get into Jawas eating testicles. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm in for the next episode. Uh, Nick, how about you? What was uh, what's your takeaway so far? The first couple of episodes. Where are you? Where are your? What are your thoughts? And where are you on your interest level? Uh, so, I mean, you know me with stuff that I get, like, super excited about, too. Like, I, I try to not, like, like see any trailers. I try to, like, not read anything so that I go into it just completely unaware of anything. <laughs> so everything's brand new. Um, and because Star Wars has been such a big part of my life for as long as I can remember, regardless of how I felt about it, I would watch it all the way through. It's like the, the new Star Wars movies. I hate them, but I'm still going to go watch them. Just, it it kind of feels like a mandatory at this point like i have to go but um for this show like, i'm so excited I, it's helped to breathe a, a new uh, or rekindle a new love for the series again or like the whole universe as a whole would you say that it's brought you a new hope uh, yeah actually i would <laughs> i i would i just want to point out that you know talking about going to see the movies uh nick actually went with myself and uh agent nicole and dynamo mars and we all went to see the last jedi together couple years ago and yeah, i had already seen it no one else had seen it i had i had seen it and then we watch it and we're just like maybe we need to watch it a second time and maybe that's why <laughs> it was so terrible the first time and we watched it a second time we're like nope those fucking weird dog horses like totally took me out of the movie yeah. oh we trashed that casino thanks we helped the rebellion all right we're not talking about that that's a, that's a few weeks from now holy shit um corny Corny, what was what's your uh, your take? How do you feel about this so far? I'm loving it so far. Um, only hang up I have is a lot's happened in these last two episodes, but so far it hadn't been over an hour or at an hour. So I kind of want to see a longer episode. You know, that's fair. Ashes. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I definitely want longer episodes, especially since this season, I believe, is only eight episodes long. So we're already two in. We're only getting six more. You know, um, I want I'm a selfish bitch. Like, I, I want more. I want it all. Um, but I, I really like some of the character development so far. I'm very interested to see what happens with the Mandalorian and where the story is going. And to be honest with you, the entire fucking series could be just the Mandalorian and little babushka going on adventures. And I would, I would watch it. Like I'm hooked already. I'm there. Um, but I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit more than that. The story is going to be more than that. And there's going to be more characters thrown in. And I, I, I love it. I'm loving it so far. I, I love the practical effects. I love that it just, you know, to me really feels like a, like I'm watching Star Wars, you know, unlike some of the other uh, attempts that they've made at, at movies and stuff. But on a, on a side note, I really, really, really cannot get enough of this little baby like it's so cute it hurts like I'm physically like I hurt when I see it because it's so cute and I can't like contain it and I know I'm not the only (laughs) one and Disney oh my fucking god why have you not like put out merchandise of this like I need everything I need the Funko Pops I need the stuffed animals I need anything that has a little freaking baby baby Yoda ish face on it like I I need it I want it I have to have it shut up and take my money like seriously (laughs) yeah we uh uh 
I had actually reached out to uh, one of our, our our good friends from Ohio who was uh, down in in uh, Disney recently, and I was asking her if she could she could uh, look around, but I didn't want to spoil it. She hadn't seen it, and she's like, "Yo, I I know what you're talking about. It's fine." Uh, I was like, <clears throat> "Do you have any? Have you seen any toys?" And there was no merch down there yet, so that's all right. So the last thing, because we've already we're we're already over an hour and a half, so I wanna uh, I wanna kind of get this get this kind of wrapped up because we've been going for a while but that's great i'm gonna try to rush so you can watch watchmen no i don't that's not even it has nothing to do that we were at uh super mega fest all weekend and we're pretty fucking tired (laughs) like we got home in time to like set up the podcasting stuff like fire down some wendy's and then like hop on here so we're uh we're we're just we've been going since this morning but i've enjoyed this this conversation so much that like i just i just noticed now that we're almost at an hour 40 we were actually like hunting down we were all talking about this at the convention we're like have you seen it have you seen it yeah you've seen it okay let's talk like you want to talk about it we're going to talk about it so there were a lot of mandalorian conversations happening like on the down low because we didn't want to you know say too too much around people who hadn't maybe seen the episodes or hadn't gotten Disney Plus, but were interested in in purchasing the service. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of Mandalorian discussions happening at the convention, and it's only been out for less than a week. You know, which is which is crazy to think about. You know, we have two episodes; it's been out for less than a week, and it's already this this sensation. And I believe it's already been renewed for a second season. It was renewed for a second season prior to the first episode yeah. dropping. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I thought, but. I know I've I've recently seen reports that it's been renewed. So, so I want to kind of uh, wrap this up and close this up by um, by talking about what we think we're going to see next. This could be the next episode or the remaining five episodes uh, or six episodes, I should say. Uh, what do you guys think we're going to see, Corny? Starting with you, or where where would you hope? That it's going to go, and where do you think it's going to go? Kind of con- contrast the two if they don't kind of follow the same path. Um, personally, I don't think he's going to turn a baby in. I think he's going to go out blasting, and I pretty much think he's going to probably be hunted. You know, the rest of the season. You know, do you watch? Uh, do you watch the trailers and stuff? No. Okay, that explains your answer. Because I'm going to explain mine when I'm when you guys are all done. But I have a, a, a different take. But <clears throat> that's that's certainly interesting. I can definitely see that happening. Now, is that where you what you think is going to happen, or is that what you hope is going to happen? That's or what both? I think is going to happen. I really don't. Overall, I'm just trying to go in fresh. I'm then really, I'm not trying to overthink anything um, from episode to episode. But that's fair. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, you said you don't like doing predictions and stuff, so I'm going to have you make some predictions and stuff. Uh, what do you uh what do you what would you like to see what do you hope to see you know if those things are different uh what do you think we're going to see in in the in the coming episodes yeah i think i i'm hoping that uh kind of like what you said um wolf and cub one one wolf and cub is very interesting and um you made a great point with using lone wolf and cub and i'd love to see the, i i'd love it to go that way because I don't want it to be predictable and I, I don't want it to be this boring sort of 
formulaic. On, on, yeah, on the track, like, like like a roller coaster, where like you know the points. Like, like okay, here are this point, here's this point. You can see I it coming for, from a I mile away. Loop, all that bullshit. I want it to be interesting, and um, the first episode is not interesting. Uh, the second one is way more interesting, and 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 since you brought up Lone Wolf and Cub, um, and I felt the same way too. I'm hoping it goes more Lone Wolf and Cub, dude. Let's go dark. Why not? Nice. Why not go dark? Let's go dark. I want some. <laughs> I want some seriously dark shit in this show. And okay. We got eight episodes, so let's go. Let's go dark, man. Let's have the Yoda baby die. Ooh. What's, what's this? Let's How some... dare you! <laughs> Let's see. It, let's see it happen, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, god damn you! I, I slice him open, and then they like, just like the Jawas cut cut his head off and reach in and start eating his guts like the egg. Oh yeah, man, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, like, let's 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 see something new. Let's uh, let's get out of that realm of of easiness. I get let's you. Get, let's get out of that Star Wars. Uh, uh, easy, like not not Star Wars. More the Paul Feig, like not Paul. Uh, uh, was it Kevin Feige? Kevin Feige, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's get out of that realm of like safety and let's go dark. Okay. And I think this this streaming service can get to that point, and that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to go somewhere where no one really calls the shots because I'm bummed that I can call a lot of the shots at this point, and I want a point to where I don't call the shots anymore, and we get super dark. And get weird. Let's get more like a um, uh, 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 weird egg yolk sucking stuff. I, I want to get real weird like that and get off <laughs> off the off the basis. I want to get weird, man. And that was cool. I, I love that scene. And I want Star Wars to go that way, like like original Star Wars was. So Nick, what about what about you? What's what's your thoughts on this? Uh, as far as what I'm hoping for is I'm just hoping for something that I truly love, uh, you know, like I used to. Uh, not none of, like, you know, the newer stuff that's just there just for money's sake, right? I, I want to actually genuinely love what's going to happen or what the show becomes. Um, as far as what I think is going to happen story-wise, I'm guessing that he's going to, you know, hand in Baby Yoda for his money. And he's gonna find out what they're planning on doing with them, and then he goes to save them or some shit like that. I don't know. That's what I want. I'm anticipating to happen anyway. Ashes, what about you? I predict that we're gonna see a lot more of little baby babushka, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're gonna fall in love with him even more. And we're gonna see his force abilities because keep in mind he's already 50 years old. Granted, the life cycle of this species is a lot different than other species' life cycles. So I think it's gonna be interesting to kind of a see that, see, uh, learn more a little bit about this Yoda species. Um, but see the development of the force, see if there are any more of this kind and see more of the character development of the Mandalorian. So <clears throat> the way I look at it, I think uh, it's similar to uh, what Corny said, except completely opposite. So I think because I watched <laughs> so the trailers, not what, I <laughs> what you said, but no, <laughs> because I watched the trailers and um, there is a scene where he's having a shootout with a bunch of stormtroopers, which oh. I thought we might see in the first episode. But that's not really the, the thing I want to talk about. The thing I want to talk about is the fact that he is wearing a full set of Beskar armor at this point. 
So all the blaster shots are ricocheting off him. And the only way he's going to get his full set of Beskar armor is if he turns in that little baby. But I think he turns in that little baby because he's going to turn it in, get all his stuff, and then he's going to turn around and he's going to get the baby back and try to bring it home or do something and put it in a safe place. Maybe he brings it to Maz Kanata. You know, maybe that's where we see a little uh, connection to the to the the rest of the thing. But I think he is going to get the little baby, and he is going to. Uh, are you are you trying to say he wants his baby back, baby back, baby? Back? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's very much like Rumble in the Bronx, too. Uh, I was thinking uh, he fulfills his promise and f- holds holds up his end of the bargain, just like in the rundown where he's like, "I did exactly what you said. I brought him right through the door. Here he so- is." So I think he's going to try. Also, very, also Rumble in the Bronx. Yes, uh, without a, as cool of fight scenes, but that's not as cool. But yeah, yeah. But we will, uh, we will uh, cross that bridge when we get there. But that's what I think we may end up seeing. Uh, as far as uh, what's going to happen, I have a feeling that there's going to be a huge battle in this upcoming episode with lots of bounty hunters. This is a gut feeling that I have that is in my gut that I feel about. So I think that's what we're going to see. So I think this is a good place to kind of wrap things up. But before we go, uh, I want you guys to plug anything that you're working on. So let's start with uh, Nick Ferrer. Uh, If you can uh, just tell us where folks can find you on social media and uh, some of the awesome stuff that you do that you want folks to check out. Uh, so anybody who's into uh, metal music or metalcore specifically, that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a vocalist, so I do uh, you, I do covers up on my YouTube channel while I'm in the process of writing with my band right now. So you can check those out at uh, NJ Farah. That's F as in Frank A R R A R covers, um, and you could also find me at NJ Farah on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff too. Yeah, he pronounces it Farah, but we pronounce it Farar because yeah. that's what it looks like. <laughs> So if that's what you're looking up, look it up. Uh, there's actually a really uh, – you did a collaboration with someone uh, on this show. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So I think that was actually the first Halloween episode of the Throwdown on Thursday podcast. We did uh, – me and Ashes did a uh, cover of Motionless and White's uh, – help me out, Ashes. What's the name of that song? It's called Abigail. There we go. Yeah. yeah so we, that, that's – yeah, go ahead. No, and we also did a cover of – I'm made of wax. Oh, that's right. That was a really early one. I From a day to remember. That, that was one. that was years ago. I'm made yeah. of wax, Larry. What are you made of? We got to uh, definitely do some new stuff. I'm yeah, ready. yeah. We'll we'll chat because uh, I have some it. ideas. So yeah, let's do right, some perfect. stuff. Uh, Corny, tell us about uh, what you do. Um, stuff. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank okay, you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a co-host on um, um, a podcast called From the Canopy. Movie Massacre. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Um, you can find me on um, social media, social media, Cornelius Bros on Instagram, Cornelius Bros, and on Twitter at Cornelius nineteen seventy six. And J Mac, where do you like people to look for your stuff? Yeah, man. Um, I got a podcast called Pop Culture Purgatory that's on uh, iTunes. We're on we're on um, Podbean. Um, we're on one more signature uh, podcast sort of thing. Um, 
then we are also we're we're sure to talk about everything. We don't we don't really talk too much about any specific thing. We we talk about everything: movies, music, uh, and obviously pop culture. Um, but also, I just we just restarted uh, an old show that I did with an old friend of mine from uh, eighth grade. We restarted uh, in the mountains of cinema madness. Uh, the first episode. Well, it's not the first. It's the 20th episode. It came out today. And you can find it on iTunes and Podbean. So um, and it, it, it's, a, it's a show that talks specifically about um, lower grade action, sci-fi, and horror movies um, and dramas. So anybody wants to get into it. But um, what Patsy was talking about earlier, um, me and my buddy uh, Mike... And me and my buddy Chris um, on Pop Culture Purgatory are going through all of the Star Wars movies as we speak. Um, uh, we're both going through uh, Star Wars 1 through 9, and uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. That first episode was released today, and um, well, no, yesterday, and we're going through uh, everything. So we'll see how it goes. After after this episode, we're going. I, I'm I'm going to watch episode two, so and uh, recording episode two tomorrow and putting up on Friday. So you guys can find us on Facebook and Instagram, and um, <laughs> post whatever you want to. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you when you when you're, when you're... When you're talking about stuff, you know, airing today and tomorrow, are you talking about today when we're recording this or Tuesday when this airs? No, truly tonight. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about the day that it airs. So it's by the time this drops on Tuesday, which will be the 19th, all this stuff's going to be out there that Jeremy's talking about. So go check those guys out. And uh, like I said, do yourself a favor and check out our friends over at the Force Insensitive Podcast. And Ashes, as you are a guest because you are not normally on this show, uh, what, where, uh, where would you like folks to follow you and see all of your uh, shenanigans and exploits? I don't want folks to follow me. That's called stalking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, oh, really? <laughs> Thank please. you. You're welcome. Good night. Um, so now I'm on a, a little show called Throwdown Thursday. Uh, new episodes Ooh. come out every Thursday. What a coinky dink. Uh, you can find the show. Just search Throwdown Thursday. We have a, a group page and a Facebook page on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me specifically on Twitter and Instagram if you look under Miss Von Nightmare. That's M I S S V O N N I T E M A R E. I post some fun stuff and cat pictures and talk about the shows and stuff we're doing. So it's a lot of fun. But yeah, so that's that's it. So uh, obviously you can follow the show here at uh, shark underscore pod because we are at shark bites or not at, but shark bites pod on uh, shark bites podcast on the Twitters. Uh, I do not have a, uh, a, a an Instagram for this show. Because well, I mean, well, it, it's in coordination with. Rodolfo I know, but Day, so. I tried signing up, and someone already used the email that I had somehow. Even though it was a a, a brand was new you? email. It no, was it you? wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but yeah, you can pretty much find all of the shark bite, the latest shark bite stuff, 
and the uh, latest Throwdown Thursday stuff at ThrowdownThursdayPodcast.com for all the oh, that's right. we news have, and articles. We have an internet <clears throat> site. And uh, there are two streaming players right on the site, so you can listen to either of the shows. You can listen to both of them at the same time, which uh, I would be impressed if we were able to do both. That would be really cool. But, uh, yeah, and uh, so after this nice long discussion, we're going to take a, a quick break. I'm going to let these gentlemen go. I'm going to let Ashes go into the other room because she doesn't she's gonna stay here she lives here and run uh, for your life (laughs) (laughs) she's had her chances Uh, and uh i'm too tired then after break uh we'll talk about what's going to be uh happening next week on the show what we're going to be covering and uh some other interesting stuff that happened to me this weekend and we will see you next Thursday. oh right wrong show tuesday (laughs) this actually comes out on tuesday so it sort of works but so, uh, Nick, J Mac, Corny, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, may the force be with you. Well, I said I, us. I included you. Always. Well, I don't. I don't get a special thank you. High five. <laughs> High five. Yeah. Thanks. No, thanks, guys, for joining us. This was awesome. I love talking Star Wars. Any excuse, really. And we love so. chatting with you guys. So yes. this works out really well. So. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews audio podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award-nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors, and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. And I am back. Thank you for sticking around through that incredibly long feature-length episode that we did. Um, I'm really proud of it. I had a really good time with those guys. It was a blast. Uh, Especially nice having Ashes come in and make her squealy, high-pitched sounds every time someone mentioned Baby Yoda. But uh, I really want to thank Nick and Corny and J-Mac for sticking it out and uh, doing the entire show with us. So I'm hoping this is kind of like a, a... uh, foreshadowing of things to come with some of these other episodes because you know there's a lot to cover in the Star Wars universe. Next week we are going to be discussing if the prequels really are that bad, and I'm going to have three new guests, and um, I'm very excited about that episode because it's going to make me rewatch the prequels. We're going to be covering a variety of different topics. It's going to be different uh, because we're not going to break down every single scene, but we are going to talk about. The, the overview of each film, you know, starting with episode one, then episode two, then episode three, and how the characters progress and how everybody, you know, sort of uh, finds their role and, and kind of figures out where their place is in the universe, so to speak. So I, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you stick around and come back for the next episode because that one's going to be insanely good. I'm very excited for that. And um, I think uh, with that being said... Uh, do yourself a favor, check out this week's episode of Throwdown Thursday as well, because we are going to be uh, replaying some of the stuff that we did from um, Super Mega Fest over the weekend. We got some really cool interviews. We talked to a lot of really awesome people. We had some really amazing experiences, and we're going to break that all down, share the interviews with you uh, on this week's episode. And uh, so for next week for uh, Shark Bites, we are going to be discussing, like I said, the prequel trilogy. And I'm really looking forward to that. We got some really good guests. We have uh, 
Shelby from Amalgamania. We have Chris Nigro from uh, formerly of the television crossover universe, but now from Wild Hunt Press uh, and uh, Gail from Scream Sisters. So it's going to be a very interesting show with a lot of uh, unique perspectives, uh, a lot of different uh, folks from a lot of different walks of life who uh, have experienced Star Wars in a different way. And that's really what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get a lot of different um, permutations of experiences, so to speak. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to leave you with the shark fact today. And uh, today's shark fact is uh, each whale shark spot pattern is as unique as a fingerprint. While it might look like they are, uh, you know, pretty much a standard, you know, lines and some dots on there. But, uh, no, each one is is as different as fingerprints or snowflakes, uh, if you want to, you know, make that analogy. And... Uh, I think that's really awesome, it, and that's uh, actually a great way for certain scientists to, to tell some of these sharks apart when they uh, when they tag them, when they see them in the wild. So I really hope, like I said, I really hope you you found this uh, this episode interesting and informing and, and informative. And uh, I hope you stick around next week and check out our prequel trilogy episode. And uh, with that being said, just remember, I am the podcaster, but you as the listener, are my chum. Have a great week, folks.